This month, Streaming Things is brought to you by these super patrons, and I'm about to shout them out. Thank you so much to Chester Copperpot, Jade, Jillian Morgan, Aaron Layton, Ghost, Andrew Gray, Casey McCain, Crystal Trujillo, Jen Robinson, John Collins, Kalisha Reeves, Kate, Kiki Newton, Stanton, Valerie, and Will Nash. <laughs> Bow, you shits! The real war isn't between a few squabbling houses. It's between the living and the dead. Winter is coming. Why are all the gods such vicious cunts? Chaos isn't a pit. Chaos is a ladder. I'm the shield that guards the realms of men. You know nothing, Jon Snow. I drink and I know things. You're the worst shit in the Seven Kingdoms! Death is the enemy. The first enemy. And the last. I am the god of jits and wine. Welcome back. My name is Chris. I'm Andy. And I am the Lord of Kisses. And this is Streaming Things House of the Dragon, the first of its name podcast. Long may it rain. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm hyped up. <laughs> We're wearing the Conqueror's crown. We're have we got the Conqueror's blade. We've been anointed by the seven and all of signs of legitimacy point to streaming things. Boom, <laughs> baby. I just and hit the mic stand because I'm so goddamn boom. hyped. No, you could have left that as like the door <laughs> slamming closed in the hall. Yep. Just no more guests will be attending. No the gong of the Septa Baylor. Yes. Septa Baylor doesn't exist yet. Well, it should. Dork. God, I thought you were a fan, oh, Andy. I need to learn the lore. Fucking nerd. <laughs> we just finished watching episode 10, The Black Queen, the finale of season one of The House of the Dragon. And we are uh, going to talk about it, baby. It's what we do here. If you're new, we're going to break down the episode uh, play by play after getting some general spoiler free overall thoughts about the episode. And then after the play by play, we'll do what we call a dragon eggs segment. We'll talk about different lore tidbits, any kind of Easter eggs we could have found references to the game of Thrones show or back to the books, things like that. And then Valyrian steel is the following segment. After that, we'll talk about our top three favorite moments. Each of That's the episode deal, the episode. Mm. Ooh, that steal is a show homonym, mm. right? I, I Same sound, it. different spelling. I'm a Doesn't matter. Yeah, that's right. I don't know the written language. And then we'll end it with the Mummer's Dragon segment where we talk about our favorite kind of MVP performance of the episode. Cap it off there. Boom. And we'll be doing a, a mailbag episode. So send in your emails to streamingthingspod at gmail.com as soon as you can. Talking yes. about, you know, any things that you might want to discuss about House of the Dragon throughout the, the whole season of coverage that. Maybe we didn't delve into enough or you're not clear on some opinions you have. You disagree with us, things like that. Or yeah. just to whisper sweet nothings into Steve's ear. Oh, what's way, daddy. Uh, but yeah, get those in quick because unlike normally, usually we record on Sundays, like we're recording this right now. Right on now, Sunday. it's Sunday. Uh, next week, we will be doing our recording on Friday. Mm -hmm. So if you want to get your email read on next week's uh, ha mailbag episode, make sure you send that email in before the end of or before Friday, really. Yeah, post haste. Yeah, post haste. Get on a dragon. Ravens aren't fast enough. Dragons no. are quicker. Mm -hmm. Send them in. Mm -hmm. And they're more intimidating. So we're yes. more likely to read know. your email. I don't if know. It comes. Ravens like no faces and they hold grudges. So yeah, yeah. I fuck with Ravens. Ravens are weird. Yeah. Ah! That's yeah. what they sound like. Nobody likes them. Not a blood raven though. What if it's just a guy tied to a tree that arrives at the door? It's, uh, <laughs> it took me forever to bring this. Lors Van Teca. Is the mailbag over? Yes. Is that his name? Lors Van Teca? I don't know. 
Oh, maybe that was his character name in Star Wars. <laughs> who? It sounds like a Star Wars name. The guy who played Blood, Blood Raven in Game of Thrones. If it's Darth oh. something, it's definitely Star Wars. That's all I know. Damn it. But we just finished the episode. And uh, I'll be honest, you guys, the, the episode leaked a couple of days ago and I didn't I didn't watch it because I'm not I thought you were about to admit that you watched it like you, you've no, been no, no. holding it in this whole time. No, no, no. But I'm just saying <laughs> there was a lot of. Uh, Sorry. The actor I'm thinking of is Max von Cito. Yeah. Max Laura, yeah. yeah. Laura Santeca is his Star Wars character's <laughs> name. So <laughs> Sorry, Max. <laughs> Getting your fandoms mixed up. I know. Um, and I had heard a lot of bad things about this episode. People were disappointed. There was huge departures from the original book, blah, 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 blah. And even though I was like, a part of me was a little worried, right? Mm. I was like, are they really going to drop the ball at this stage in the game? You yes. can't do that. Important episode. You can't do that. We were in nine solid episodes in my humble opinion. Uh, but I got to say, well, I'll t- I won't say how I felt about the episode, but I just want to throw that out there. So that, that being known, Steve, you meant you finished it a mere 10, 15 minutes ago. Mm. What did you think of the finale? Well, uh, I wasn't here last week. Um, last week's episode was the first time I think this episode has sort of shown any sort of like, cause it's been pretty faithful to the books for the most part. Mm-hmm. And the things that they've changed have been like very clever kind of like, Oh, technically that is book faithful, but cause you know, the book plays fast and loose with what historical, sure. mm-hmm. like who writes history. Right. And they have biased opinions and whatnot. And I think last week's episode was the first time like, wow, they're fucking going bonkers on some stuff. I'm here for it. This is crazy. I'm loving it. There's one thing that happens in that episode. I wasn't, I was like, Oh, muddying the waters a bit too much for my for my blood but whatever i still like the episode for the most what part. was it uh it was uh Maylee's coming through the floor of the dragon pit. oh yeah yeah yeah. um i that just added an unnecessary like i know what they're doing they're setting up a big event that happens probably three three seasons from now but um it also is a kind that of, and they needed a fake penultimate thing and this isn't that kind yeah, of that story was, yet that was the most season eight game of thrones thing they've done so far with like oh, the audience is gonna get bored we need a big thing yeah so have the dragon blow up the bottom of it's like why should, it would have been way better and if the scene was more subtle where the dragon kind of slinks out of the shat like a hallway and like oh like fuck die the dragon style where it just kind of like it kind of morphs like walks she out in front of everybody and like everyone Rainey's runs. is John McClane yeah she's like and she doesn't need to light a lighter because she's got a dragon and M- Maylee's just like yippee kaye motherfucker <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but that's not here nor there because this episode was a kind of. It was pretty, I thought it was for the most part pretty faithful to the, to the book, which is totally fine. Um, however, and I still liked it. I liked it a lot. I thought this was a good episode. But that being said, I'd be lying if I didn't say that I feel like it kind of was a, a wet noodle of a season ending. Because even though we've been kind of anticipate, anticipating this big, huge event to kind of cap off this season, and we were right. Uh, I don't know if we actually talked about it on the podcast, but we kind of mentioned, I know we've talked back and forth off air, like, oh, I think this event's going to close the Storm's off the End event. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the st- what happens in Storm's End. Uh, and we were right. But the way they kind of filmed it and the way it kind of ends, it was just kind of like, oh, this feels more like a penultimate episode mm-hmm. to another episode and not the season finale. And so I would be lying if I said when it ended, I was kind of like, oh, I mean, okay. I mean, I'm not unhappy because I wanted to see that and I was happy to see it. And I thought it was cool, but it just kind of didn't, it didn't have that, that, um, that, uh, uh, legitimacy of a finale weight to it. Um, it did not have the conqueror's blade. It did not have a conqueror's crown. It was the Rhaenyra, uh, high non dragonstone of finale episodes. So it was the rightful finale. Uh, well, I see what you did there. (laughs) Damn it. You, t- you hoisted me on my own petard on that one. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying, right? It was, it's kind of like a, it, just, I, it didn't I, have I the understand. luster I felt like for a season finale, but that all being said, you're laying it down. I still think, I'm picking it up. I still think it was a really solid episode and I liked what I saw. 
and I'm happy with it overall. I just wish there was one more little cat. I one can't more little wait episode. till we rank these episodes. You know, motherfuckers love ranking. We're going to have numbers. We're going to circle things with red circles. It's going to be <laughs> off the There's going to be arrows pointing at things. Oh, there's Mephisto. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, what did you think of episode 10, The Black Queen? I 100% agree with what Steve had said, that this felt like the penultimate episode. Like this is, this should have been that. And we should have seen like, the uh, repercussions of this episode on a, a, a different episode that would serve as the finale. Um, that said, it is the finale. And so uh, for what we got, I thought it was fantastic. I think this is probably the most beautiful episode. It had some of the most wonderful imagery that we've seen for the entire fucking show. Some absolutely gangbusters performances from several people. Um, and we'll talk about that when we get to our uh, Mummer's Dragon. But there's quite a few people that it definitely could be. Um, the uh, we'll, we'll talk about it when we get to it. But there are uh, instances where it strays from the lore and um, I think for the better. Um, and I don't know if it necessarily does stray from the lore because like right. Steve said, it is, you know, it's an interpretation of events that happen and this is supposed to be what really happened. And I enjoyed, thoroughly enjoyed all of it. And there was so much, uh, like menace and foreboding going into this episode and like the music was beautiful and was really helped to, uh, enhance that feeling throughout the whole thing. And, uh, yeah, I, I thought this was plotted perfectly when it was done. I was like, was that, I turned to Chris, I was like, is that, was that like the shortest episode or did it just fucking fly by? Mm -hmm. Like it did it, fly by. It felt like a 20, 30 minute episode and it wasn't, it was a uh, full hour, just like the rest. But, uh, I thought it was fantastic. That's a sign of a good show. And it seems to go by too quickly. I love this episode and I understand what you guys are saying. I concur, but at the same time, I think, uh, it's like the email we got for the rings of power mailbag, which may or may not have aired yet. You know, we'll have not the, the, the success of a season one is, uh, measured largely by how excited you are for season two. Right. Mm -hmm. And I could not be more excited for season two. And I think it's funny. Um, and again, I don't mean to like, this show is not like devoid of any criticism whatsoever, or like we're immune to any, right. Sure. By any means, yeah. I know that I've pretty much been a shill for this show just because I love it so much and this universe so much. But a lot of the criticism I've heard is that it's moving too quickly, but at the same time by those same people, probably it's like, oh, it's drags a little bit. Like there's too much talking in rooms. It's always in King's Landing. Game of Thrones oh, was so spread out. talking in it's rooms so in Game of good. Thrones. There's so much garden conniving in this show. Mm. Um, Love mm, a garden Give it to me. But at the same time, it's like, if you were going to move it any faster, obviously that would piss people off. But if you moved it any slower, where would the finale be? You know, like mm -hmm. they, I think they did measure it. And this show had an interesting task to set up this dance with dragons, but there's so much like generational context yeah. and you can't trust everybody to be super nerds. Like some of us are right. And Oh, you got to read world of ice and fire. You got to read fire and blood. And then this show's going to be dope, you know? So they had to set it up and that's what this season did. And I think they, they smashed it. They knocked it out of the park to, for setting that up. This like generational context for the real conflict. They gave you enough. There's enough juice. There's tons of juice in this mm. season, right? It's got, the juice. it's got the juice. <laughs> it's, Can imagine a more beautiful thing. This season was corn, right? It's, it's corn. corn. Um, Counterpoint. Okay. I don't disagree with you, but I could see a world where the finale was King Viserys dying. 
uh, or around that time. And then you spend a couple more episodes kind of fleshing out some of the other characters. Like we haven't seen Dave. So not Ron. the finale. What? No, I can, I'm, I'm, I'm arguing that if you wanted, you could take this show a little slower than it has been going mm-hmm. where the finale was Viserys dying. Oh, so like two episodes, take ago. more episodes before that is what you're about to yeah, say. And then add more in front of that. So you can introduce, cause we haven't seen Daron, and that is a very important character for later on in the story. And he's mm. around there in the Daron. and they haven't even really, I don't think they've mentioned Daron at all. Even no, though that's like, not since they're not going to show him. They, <laughs> yeah. They, who? They, they haven't. Daron is the Dilly. When the he shows dilly, up, we're going to be like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> but I think a case could be made where you can flesh some of these more these characters out a little bit more. Like you can give Harold Westerling some more lines so what? we care about yes, him please. more. We could give, um, we could, because I'm sure people watch the show, they don't know who the fuck Jasper Wilde is, even though he's on the council being Iron Rod and we don't know what he's doing. Uh, we need to see how he got that name. Yeah, we, need, real. To, we need to know. <laughs> There's uh, really not enough dicks in this show. Again, That's I'm, my one criticism. Oh, there, there needs to be more. I'm not disagreeing with you like i said because i've been i love the show just as it is but i'm saying i think there is a what i would have liked to have seen changes. more of is uh and i don't even think you could add more episodes though you could do you could have done this with an extra few minutes per episode but i would have liked to have seen um more of the relationship between sir harwin harwin and rhaenyra yes absolutely yeah. I, could, I would have loved that i would have liked to have seen more of damon being a good father to his daughters Balen, Raina. Because they cut, they, seen they filmed screens. these moments. Yeah, we've and seen they screenshots cut of it. It's sad. Stuff like that. Uh, but I, I, like I said, I, I identify what you guys are saying. I recognize it and I agree in the sense like, oh, I could see that. But I do think um, that the pacing for me was almost perfect. Like you said, I mean, the, before the show even aired, we called the timeline of where like, oh, if I was writing this, I would end it here. That'd be a good like finale. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, I, I'm disappointed that I have to wait likely a year and a half, right? But maybe not. Aren't they already filming? Pretty sure they are. Uh, uh, Rings of Power is definitely filming. Oh, yeah. Because that's the um, one that's Yeah, Rings of Power filming. started filming on the second. In yeah, a perfect right. world, we could, we could get season two late 2023, but I doubt it. Mm-hmm. Um, in a perfect world. So anyway, that, so that sucks, right? But uh, I'm very much looking forward to it. I think that this, I, I love this episode. It sounds like the most of the three. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just a few smaller things like my, uh, my Valyrian steels were like literal tiny moments. And I was trying to like, not be a douche and be like, are you not going to put the dragon in f- f- race in there? Is that real? You know? And I, mm-hmm. that's what took me so long. I was like, is that real? Um, like, that was cool. <laughs> but any hoozle, let's, let's dive right in. Okay. So th- in. the episode opens with the painted table. Uh, elsewise known as Stannis's fuck pad. Um, <laughs> Damn it, dude. My dragon egg, my first dragon egg already gone. <laughs> Look at literally fire. what I wrote. Stannis Baratheon's fuck pad. <laughs> I stole that from Joanna Robinson when she was uh, uh, on, on host of the cast of Kings years ago. Um, Dang, no, lines. She, uh, storm, storm of spoilers, I think is her other podcast about Game of Thrones, but she called it Stannis' her fuck pad. And I was, yeah, <laughs> I mean, she's the Game of Thrones expert. But it, uh, when we see the painted table, it starts at Winterfell. It's just like a little nod, like, hey, the show used to be set here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> show used to be set here. <laughs> and um, and everywhere else, but I know what you're saying. It was the focal point. And and we we see Luceris, Luke, touching uh, Driftmark. He's like thinking about his his new seat of power he'll have once Corliss passes away. Rhaenyra comes in to find him there, um, surmises on Corliss's death, right? Like that's Luke saying he's about to die. I'm going to have to be uh, Lord of 
of, of drift market. I, I don't even like boats, bro. Like <laughs> what am I, a Numenorian? I fucking hate this shit. I get seasick. Uh, and so he's really nervous, doubtful of his own ability. And Rhaenyra admits that she was frightened uh, when she knew she had to be the heir to the seven kingdoms. Like, Hey, you don't have to like this shit. You know what I mean? It's duty, bro. It's duty. Mm-hmm. Don't be a little, little bitch about it. <laughs> Which is weird dialogue for this show, but I was like, I, I dig it. <laughs> uh, a little tiny moment. I loved when she goes up and kisses him. She kissed him three times. Like, slow. Like, it, it she's was, the lady of kisses. It was such a, like, what? sweet, <laughs> realistic, motherly moment. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, and then she kisses him, as in the script. And then yeah. she, uh, Emma Darcy, does the, uh, uh, they made the decision to, like, you know, be a little more tender about it. And I yeah. thought that that was uh, gorgeous. And it, and um, what's his name? Lucera says, I'm not like you. So perfect. Right. So like he just has such adoration for his mother. Love that moment. And she promises to protect him the way that Viserys has protected her. And that heartbreaking promise that we all yeah. knew she couldn't keep for very long. Uh, and then Kim's, yeah, this is one of those episodes where if you know the story going, yeah, they're just like, driving. Oh, it come on. Heartbreaking. Come on. And Knight of the Kingsguard, Sir Laurent, brings word that Rainy, Princess uh, Rhaenys has arrived. And we know that she bears ill tidings. Uh, Rhaenys is welcome to the hall where stands Damon and Rhaenyra. And she says first, I love this about uh, Eve Best plays Rhaenys so well. Oh, yeah. She says Viserys is dead. Damon does a slight turn of concern. Uh, and even though what the news that she bears is extremely time sensitive and important and dramatic, but she takes a beat to be kind about the death of her father, which she, she's aware that that's also the news that she brings. Yeah. That's her yeah. cousin. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. she takes a moment. She could be like, Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> and, a fucking thing. and she wouldn't be, she wouldn't be blamed for reacting that way, right. but she's poised. She very calmly says he possessed a kind heart. Like she mourns for a moment <gasps> with her family member, Rhaenyra, uh, which I just thought that was such a nice touch. Um, and it was also a nice touch that when she entered the room, Rhaenyra was like, hey, I'm sorry. We hope that your husband gets better. It's like, uh, we're not here for that. Viserys is dead. <laughs> yes. Jump right to it. Uh, and Rhaenyra's womb hurts at the news. As soon as she's told that Aegon was crowned king, um, she gets the the pains of what will be a stillbirth. Uh, and Damon's voice was so soft for the first time, I think, ever. Even when he's like being really like kind or whatever to Rhaenyra in past episodes, he's like, how did he die? Like, he's just like weak and he's the little brother for just a moment. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and Damon thinks immediately that they murdered him, right? They oh, slew yeah. him. Yeah. How did he die? The queen killed him. Dude, his face was half melted. How did for he die? Shiver <laughs> yeah. yeah. is like, I cannot say, but like, uh, you were there. Yeah. I think he finished melting. <laughs> That's what the maesters are saying. We're not sure. The maesters came out and they just said, he's, he's done. <laughs> Have you seen the dark Knight? He kind of looked like two face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he got really obsessed with a coin. It was weird. <laughs> and Damon's mad that Rhaenys didn't burn them, which I thought was cool because that's how like most of the audience was feeling at the, uh-huh. at the end of the finale or yeah. the penultimate episode. It's weird. Cause like the whole, and again, I wasn't here last week. So I, I, I have things to say about this is like the whole, her not killing them bit. 
is so fitting for her character and like the whole discussion that her, she was having with Allison beforehand and what Allison was trying to do. Cause the show is painting specifically these three women, Allison, Rhaenyra and uh, Rainey's as these, these are the people who should be leading Westeros because everyone else is like, let's go to fucking war. Let's go to fucking war. I love feet. Let's go to fucking war. <laughs> <laughs> and these are the only three people who are, trying to hold the realm together and not go into war. So people are like, how it doesn't make sense that she wouldn't burn her family. And it's like, well, A, that's her family. Kinslaying is a huge taboo in this world. B, she is trusting in Alicent who has won Aegon's favor. And she's trusting like, you are going to work for peace. Let me go to Rhaenyra and try to get her on the same page because they don't want people to fall into war. And then I do see how, and that's the thing I didn't like about the last episode is that whole conceit falls apart when uh, Maylee's rips to the floor and kills like 50 people. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> I actually like that. I think that George Martin's tact throughout all of his stories has always been, none of these people are good, you stupid bastards. Mm-hmm. They shit all over small folk. They think they're God's gift to, to men and humans. And like the Targaryens specifically feel like they're not even men. Um, and so, no, even Rhaenys, who's awesome, has no regard for the lives of peasants. And Sure, but when she's actively trying to, like, everyone's trying to go to war, and she's the only one who's smart enough not to want to go to war. It's it's like, why don't they want to go to war? Because they don't mm. want the, the, the realm to burn. It doesn't mesh well, for sure. Yeah. But at the same time, I can, I can easily see that as being, like, the point of that scene, watching the dragons stomp those people, right? Why, very yeah, why this dynasty had to go. Um, but I think that the after the episode talk, which we actually watched for once because you weren't here and the kids will play, um, <laughs> it continues to just confuse people about trying to interpret things like that whole stupid ass thing that they did where they said, oh, Damon couldn't get it up. And that's why he was mad. That didn't make any sense for either of their characters. It ruined no. the scene. It's not my head canon. Right. And that one, I don't know if you eventually watched it. Did not. Ryan Condal claimed that. Rainice wanted to kill them all, but refused to because she couldn't do that to another mother. And they had like this motherly bond. And that's what he was sitting there talking about. I mean, and everybody that's part of it. But why does he sit in there talking? Sarah Hess wrote the show. And then um, I forget the name, but a woman directed it. And like, you just got Ryan there like, um, (laughs) cue cards, mothers, mother. You know, mothers. mother of dragons, mothers. Am I right, ladies? Mothers, am I right, guys? This shows for you. <laughs> anyway, we we digress, but I I agree with you, Steve. It it was very clearly like a you guys want dragons, you know, yeah. moment. Um, but I, I I bought it hook line and sinker. I got to tell you that. So anyway, Damon's pissed that she didn't burn them all, and she says, "Hey, it's not my war to start," which is a very good point. Very good line. And then she says, the greens are coming. And then uh, Rainier says, the babe is coming. And we we meet uh, uh, Maester Gerardus is in this episode several times. He's yeah. a guy from the book. Yeah, Maester, Maester G. And he's, then, he's a real G when it comes to the blacks, right? He should have had a bigger role in this episode. That was one of the slight changes that they made. And by the way, Andy touched on it too. Anytime that there's changes from fire and blood, it's really not a change. And if you see somebody like vehemently angry about, you know, not following the canon, remind them 
that George Martin had a huge part in developing the show. He's one of the creators, like a, a show creator. Like he was mm -hmm. in a room with Ryan Condal planning out all of this stuff himself. And he, even he has said that the book fire and blood was written. And we've said this several times uh, from the point of view of multiple biased characters in the world itself. So yeah. what's written in there is not what happened. It's what's cleverly written down in the history books and all the slight changes that you see are supposed to be considered the objective truth of what actually happened. Right. Because um, uh, history, history books often don't get the human objective truth of the moment. Of yeah. I mean, telephone on. game, but also history is written by the victors. Yeah. Um, and can you imagine telephone game before they even knew what telephones were? Yeah, it'd be weird. Like, like they play why, Raven, why we Raven call game. It this? <laughs> you guys want to play Raven game? <laughs> no, man. That thing, those things remember faces. <laughs> <laughs> I can't go outside. I just went off. <laughs> uh, so the Black Council convenes during like an early birth. That you know the Maester says, "Hey, it's been it's months before she's actually due. This isn't going to end well, mm -hmm. right?" Um, and then Damon's talking about how we can make ourselves appear stronger, make it look like we have more like uh, military strength than we actually have. Cause they only have like 430 fighting men on mm -hmm. Dragonstone itself. And they don't know who their allies are yet. Conscript uh, the dragon keepers. Yes. And like dress them up like soldiers, basically like the old, old guys that train the dragons. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then Jace is out trying to train Luke. It's the first time we've seen these boys fighting. Cause we've seen Aegon and specifically Aemon training a lot. Uh, but we haven't seen Jason Luke learning to fight. So this is not neat. for a while at least. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's out there trying to train Luke. He's being too rough with him. One of the Kingsguard, I think is like, oh, perhaps he would learn better if you weren't such a dick. Quit beating I, think, his I, think ass. Was, I think that was Lord Stefan. Stefan, the older, the yeah, oldest King Star guy, the older one of the two. Uh, and then Rainice, is it Rainice or Rainier that tells the Rainice. boys? Rainice. Yeah. Rainice tells the boys of Viserys' death. Um, well, she says, you need to come in. Your mom needs to speak to you. And then the mom in the middle right. of her uh, later Pains, yeah. is saying, uh, oh, yeah, this is this is what ha what's happening. It's, it's real fucked up. And then they ask where Damon is. And she's like, I don't know. He's gone to madness, gone to start his war. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and and I love then, how Jace is like, leave Damon to me. Like I'll, I'll handle I'll, him. I'll handle him. Definitely Jace, won't bro. Jace is a, is a, is a, is a bro. He handles zero of Damon in the next scene. <laughs> Absolutely none. <laughs> uh, but you gotta give him points for trying. Yeah, he's credit. He's a, he's, he's a strapping young lad. Uh, and she tells Jace, Rainier tells Jace, you are its heir. Like, the seven kingdoms, um, you know, and by the way, to make sure everybody knows not is to be done, but by my command, what right? claim I have left, you are its heir. It's so good. There we go. That was uh, way better than what I said. <laughs> um, claims yours. <laughs> and we also hear that Corliss is recovered. You he's king later. He's, he's leaving Evenfall. So Corliss is going to be fine. Luke can chill. Um, and the next scene, Jay stands up to Damon's like, now nah, my mommy said you can't do that. <laughs> And he's like, patrol the skies on Vermax. I'm glad you're here. And he's like, uh, no, mommy said you can't do that. I'm serious. And uh, Damon says, come with me. I'll show you the true meaning of loyalty. And we had a couple introductions to some characters in the scene, too. We learned about uh, Lord, pop it off, baby. Uh, Bartimos. He's there. Do we know where Lord Bartimos is from? I don't personally know. I did write the name down. Lord Bartimus. I can't remember. But he but he's they're really kind of. Saying, hey, we got our uh, our allies, the Darklies, the Masseys, the Bar Emmons. Darklands. Darklands, sorry. Oh, autocorrect, you failed me. Super, um, super failed. This is a terrible show for autocorrect. Yeah. It's the worst. Man. I can't tell you how many times I would wrote I would write like Bar Emmon or something, and it'd be like Bar at eleven. <laughs> Dude, Eric and Eric is just hit every time. Yeah. I'm just gonna call him A and E. Yeah. A that's a good, I like that one. Um 
but yeah, he says, I'll show you the, 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 uh, what loyalty is. And we get a, we get a great scene where Damon's kind of like on, uh, like a little bit of a hill and the two Kings guard, Lord Stefan and, uh, or Sir Stefan and Sir Lawrence. He says, I have the high ground. And he says, I have the high ground. It's over Anakin. And he's basically like, Hey, who are you loyal to? And they're like, Oh, you, sir. And he's like, you sure about that? And they're like, uh, yeah, uh, no reason to feel uh, you know, bad about us being traitors. And then he's like, good. And then Caraxes, the big red newly boy comes walking down, looking like a G looking like a beautiful thoroughbred. I mean, look at that thing. That's going to win best in show every time. I don't care if he has a goofy neck and fucked up legs, give him everything in the world. He has that weird, like noise that he comes out with. I love Correct so much. So Lord Bartimos is uh, Lord Bartimos Celtigar, who is loyal to House Baratheon. Oh, okay. So that's uh, of Claw Isle. Are the Celtigars, they are also from Valyria. No. Is that them? What, are, what is the third house from Valyria? Is there a third one? There is. There is a third really lesser they're the, house. They're the crabby boys, the Celtigars. They got little crabs. There, mm. I, it begins with a crabs. C. I thought it was uh, Celtigar, but it might be someone else. But there is a third Valyrian house that just is nowhere near as powerful as the Valyrians and the Targaryens. I obviously. didn't remember knowing That's that, to, to be for real with you, brah. And so we, were, we already talked about Caraxes, the big noodly boy, right? Where well, did you end with him threatening with the ultimatum with he, the King's Guard? Well, uh, Caraxes came in up looking like a goddamn thoroughbred looking like so he's so beautiful and then you're there's right that awesome there's it's a, house celtigar is celtigar the third valerian you're right boom 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 and oh, uh shit. house Dance coharis which uh, was formerly the lord of heron house so they're gone they're they go. So. <laughs> but I love the shot where it's a daemon. He's kind of filmed in the cowboy shot. So it's like about thigh up. And then you see, and he's on, he's, he's a the cowboy shot. Yeah. They, that's what they call it. Cause it's, a, you got to see their, their holsters. Yeah, baby. Um, so <laughs> it's, it's, it's him and he's on the far right of the screen and then cracks his head is just filling the rest of the screen oh, in the background. Such it's a such cool a good shot. shot. I love it so much. And I love that. He's like, choose. But mm-hmm. <laughs> not much of a choice, right? Yeah. Cheers. And it's intercut with Rhaenyra's stillbirth. Did you talk about that? I was no. Googling Celtic art. No, I'm all of, to listen to the show. All of this was uh, <laughs> all of this was intercut with Rhaenyra's stillbirth. Uh, and, and she's shown doing, in great detail again. This is what the third dude, like more than three births, but like the third, like brutally, uh, uh brutal explicit birth. Scene. Yeah. Like my wife texts me like, what the fuck is with this show? Yeah. Cause she just had a, our, our daughter. And so that she's extra sensitive to that stuff. I can't imagine. I do think, and I'm a man, so who gives a fuck, but I do think it's really important and neat that they're being so brutal with the births. Cause mm-hmm. like, like we've talked about this before, but so many movies are just like they shy away. From dad's it. out smoking a cigar, mm-hmm. makes a couple jokes to the wife. Like, can you put an extra stitch in there for me? And like, it's over in two seconds and then they have a baby. Right. And it's like, that's not, this is like dangerous, especially mm-hmm. in, in times where there's no medicine or anything, but even now, like it, it's something that could potentially kill the woman. It's a very serious birth is a very serious medical issue. It's an ailment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, don't know if you guys knew that, but yeah, she just, she's a, she's a soldier. She just squats, yanks out her own stillborn baby. And even all the handmaidens and she shit are like, it. Dude, ah! it like, dude, it like plops on the floor. It's, it's so it's kind of, and you up. see the little leg and it's terrible. Did you guys, I thought it was interesting that it kept like going to quick flashes to Cyrax also. In yeah. That some was type of really distress. interesting. Well, they've shown multiple times in this episode that there's like a psychic connection mm-hmm. between dragon and dragon rider. Um, they wargs. 
not just what was the other moment that I was thinking of where it was like the dragon was nowhere near, but it was clearly in distress just because the owner was. It wasn't Cyrax oh, on the bridge. Uh, well, there's that was that one time when Damon got hit with an arrow and Caraxes was like, ah, that also hurts me. Yeah, that episode on the Stepstones. But even just in this episode, it doesn't matter. Either way, they're definitely establishing some sort of psychic connection between Dragon Rider and Dragon. But yes, the baby was born, stillborn. There's a heartbreaking long moment where the handmaidens are horrified. Rhaenyra is looking at the baby and then we get a little bit of a preparation of the baby body with the silent sisters and her kind of praying and crying and weeping over the baby's corpse. And then a short baby funeral uh, that is interrupted by the arrival of Sir Eric with an E of the, the King's guard. Everybody's suspicious that he is beholden to uh, King Aegon the second. And uh, he, he, he says, Hey, I'm not trying to do anything. Hey, <laughs> hey, yo, chill, chill. Everybody I'm, be cool. Uh, because the Kingsguard draw their swords. I'm Eric, not Auric. All right. Mm, It's very easy. My, the guy who looks just like me and has the same name does want to kill you. I do not. (laughs) I I can be trusted. (laughs) And, uh, he brings the crown. He brings the crown that was on Viserys' head and presents it to Damon. Damon holds the crown and considers it for a long while. Uh, I thought that was an interesting touch. Like this could have kind of a, this could have been mine vibe did you guys pick up on that absolutely i thought it was a very layered moment because i i definitely picked up on the this could be mine but i also got a lot of like this was also my brother's and i'm sad boy yeah Mm -hmm. yeah matt smith man he's got a long future ahead of him i feel like he's gonna be somebody (laughs) that kid's going places he should be the next doctor he should yeah um but yeah so damon ends up crowning rainier he makes the choice uh everyone kneels except rainice I believe just stands yeah. there kind of smiling. That was interesting. And it was kind of a, a red herring. It turns out because she becomes the most ardent supporter of Rhaenyra in this episode. Right. Do you feel like that was kind of out of a cheap move to, to make you think, what's she going to do? Like if you hadn't read the books, you'd be like, Oh, she ain't kneeling. Mm-hmm. I don't know why you're talking like that, but <laughs> I don't well, know about just how supporter, Steve talks when he gets really, I think that she was kind of feeling the same way that uh, Corliss is revealed to be here shortly, where it's like, should should we be taking a side? You know, she's very protective of her own house, for sure. She's um, going to bust out that chair. Yeah. And just sit down with her popcorn. <laughs> but she gets she gets crowned and we go back to Stannis's fuck pad, a.k.a. the painted table. Uh, and for those who don't know, I mean, this has it's a map of Westeros. It was the a table originally used by Aegon the Conqueror. Right. We never knew it lights up. It's a no, Christmas dude, table. Dude, it was so dope. That was a that was a cool that moment. So I almost put this on my there. Yeah, they like there's a little candle hole, which I can assume Stannis uses when Melisandre's not around. <laughs> <laughs> and like they they light it up, and it, underneath it's like the all the the names of the towns and cities and areas and stuff light up. And oh, so cool. I almost put this on my Valyrian steels. Yeah. Just the table lighting up. I thought it was so cool. I want that. I want that table. Uh-huh. If they sell one, patrons. Hook me up for real. <laughs> um, and Damon kind of heralds uh, Rhaenyra, his wife, the queen. And it's really neat because he does like the Lord and protector of the seven kingdom and protector of the realm. Mm-hmm. King of the, or, yeah. Queen of the Andals and the first men. Um, the the and lady of the. Doesn't matter. Switches it around for the female perspective, but he, <laughs> yeah. he heralds her. And he pointed out, do you want to use that? Yeah. In dragon eggs. Um, yeah, I'll save it for that. 
Um, I did notice that I thought it was a nice touch. Like after he does that, she's walking in. I think her guards try to walk with her and she's like, no, 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 guys, give me, I need space. I'm, I'm with my people. Um, she summons uh, Raina and I guess Raina is her cupbearer, which I thought was an interesting choice. And as she gets to the table, she's like, no, Bailey, you, you family get in here too. Mm, yeah. On well, this. Raina uh, shows up and offers her the wine and she starts to reach and hesitates and then takes it. And it's like immediately she has to be on her guard now that she is the queen. So that was like, I think a hesitation, like, can I trust you? I, I guess. And you know, takes the cup. I mean, that's Damon. That's her stepdaughter, right? Sure. But I mean, it's her half brother that just stole her true kingdom, but he's a fuck. Yeah. But he's a fuck boy. And mm. she knows Raina. Like she, those kids have grown up with them. It might've been like, a, I used kids. to be you. Cause she was the cup bearer for the small council for her father. Yeah. yeah. Could be. Might've been like a, um, Oh shit. You might be queen someday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The way this is going, probably pretty soon. I started also at the bottom. Now yeah, I'm now, also here. Now I'm. Now we're both here at this shithole of a rock castle. Now I'm frozen. And this is where. <laughs> do we give up at this point? Fuck yeah. It's this this is where Damon uh, <laughs> says that there's. I think it, my I got the count memorized. I think it was thirty knights, a hundred crossbowmen, and three hundred like men at arms. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so it's four hundred and thirty fighting men on, on the Island. Um, and he, he's going to ask for support from the city watch. He doesn't know how many are going to be loyal. And so they're discussing allies and enemies and kind of taking stock of the situation. They discuss, uh, which houses are going to support them. Um, house Tolly is mentioned. That's a cool little tidbit. Uh, Grover Tolly is mentioned specifically. He's easily swayed. Rhaenyra says, and there's a little bit of tension because Damon keeps kind of trying to take control and Rhaenyra I'll treat with him myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and Rhaenyra keeps trying to rein him back in. Um, the Starks are mentioned, uh, Boros, Baratheon is mentioned. He's the son of Boromund, who's the Baratheon that we've met thus far. Yeah, you'll remember him. He was in episode one. He was the one like cousin, the queen who never, well, uh, what's, what does he call Rhaenys? The cousin or the queen that never was? Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the queen who never yeah, was. Yeah, he was, he was Rhaenys' favor in the tourney. He was the also episode. the one that was hesitant to swear fealty to Rhaenyra. He was. And also they went to, he was with um, Rhaenyra during the, um, the what, what do we the call hunt? it? The hunt. The well, not the hunt, but the the oh, the for a tour, husband. the tour of suitors. Yeah, it's where the black the the kid like killed the oh dude. the uh, Bracken, Bracken and Blackwood. And, yeah, yeah. Yep, that was funny. Yeah, <laughs> she's got a dragon, you cunt. It's so funny because like that dude did not look like he was old. And then in this episode, yeah, he's fucking dead. He's old. Yeah, so Lord Borum and Baratheon died in one of the time jumps off screen. Um, and Corliss is sailing for Dragonstone. Uh, and then they start listing enemies because that, that was all their allies. Uh, the Lannisters, definitely not our friends. Uh, and then one of the guys interrupts. Is that, uh, what's his face? Bordemus Celtigar that says... Bordemus. Forgive me, Your Grace, but who cares about men? You have fucking dragons, like tons of fucking dragons. That's dope. Uh, They're like, well, they have dragons too. And then um, uh, Damon starts to list all the dragons they have. We have more adults. They have what, three? Yeah. Maybe four. Um, and then he's like, hey, we got blah, blah, blah. Arax, Varax, Emacs, Firmax, Cyrax, Smoke. I think uh, the, Scorpion. Uh, Katana. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sub-Zero. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, it, the count was nine to four. Yep. Thir- 13 to four. Well, oh, the, once they start counting the ones that don't, don't have, have riders. riders and yeah. I think the wild ones. Because Sea Smoke and Silverwing and Vermithor and... 
some of the wild ones don't have. There's a lot of so them I have, writers. I I was going to save it for Dragon Eggs, but I have a list of every single dragon and who their writers are. We can bust that nut over in Dragon Eggs okay, section we'll, if you want we'll, to. We'll save that for later. Okay. I apologize for that idiom I used, by the way. I, re- <laughs> I, re- <laughs> I regret it wholeheartedly. <laughs> I want you to know. Um, yeah. And then they're talking about dragons and then they see a, a ship arriving with the banner of a three-headed green dragon. Mm-hmm. So they've already made their own Fucking, what's it called? Um, I thought this said three-headed gold dragon. Sigil? I, I almost, I could, green makes more sense, right? I'm pretty sure the gold, the three-headed gold dragon was in the, uh, the, the crowning ceremony. For real? Yeah. Do I look like a dummy right now? I don't know. Edit over this and just say, I am super cool. <laughs> <laughs> I heard, <laughs> I am super cool. I mean, I heard green, but I'm most 99% wrong. Um, Otto arrives just like in the scene when Damon took the egg and they were going to get back from him. Remember that? It, it was like on the, on the same bridge. I just thought that was neat. Yeah. And also there's the whole dragon thing. That was again. a dragon egg for me. And then he's like, where's Rhaenyra? Oh, and she rides Cyrax, flies around, lands behind him, and then walks slowly through them like, hello. <laughs> uh, and basically the, the Allison's terms are Aegon supposedly's terms are to offer to let. And honestly, I got to be honest, guys. I love Rhaenyra. I stand Rhaenyra. That's my queen. I'll die for her. I am the man who knelt. And we'll kneel always until she tells me to get up. I'm going to kneel until she steps on me. However, uh, mommy, the terms that she receives are pretty, you know, they're 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 good. good. Them's good terms. She Mm -hmm. gets to stay lady of Dragonstone. Uh, You know, her kids will have high honors at court, which there'll be hostages. Let's be honest. Right. But every knight and lord that's currently supporting Rainier will be pardoned. Um, That's pretty. Luke will get Driftmark. Luke will still get drift tomorrow. Exactly. Like these are, these are very good terms and they wouldn't taste bad at all. Yeah. Um, they're, they're even talked about, uh, like v- little Viserys and little egg on the younger will also like Viserys will be the cupbearer. And, yes. Well, yeah. those are just, those are hostages. Those are medieval ways of taking true, hostages, true. but also, but they'll, but they'll have standing. high positions in court. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and like Damon keeps trying to shit on this negotiation at every turn, or I could just fuck your mother. You know, he's just piping in like, <laughs> damn man. Um, and uh, Rainier keeps trying to get him to chill out, but she's pretty angry herself. And then uh, and the, the greens, I can't believe they exist. It's gross. I'm, I vomited a little bit. Give me a second. The greens take their gum and put it under the seat. Well, I was thinking the greens at home are probably cheering Otto. Because even I thought Otto nailed it in this scene, right? Like he's like, we have the ancestral sword Blackfire. We have the conqueror's crown. We have the throne. Everyone has witnessed it. His name is the same fucking name as the conqueror. Mm -hmm. We have every ounce of legitimacy that you could have. Blessed by the septums. Every symbol of legitimacy, right? And that's all he knows. He's being honest. Like it doesn't matter what you think is right. We have every symbol of legitimacy. And And symbols are powerful. That's correct. He's correct in that assessment. Um, And that kind of makes Rainier sad. And then uh, she walks up and rips the hand of the king pen, which he's like really behold. He loves that thing. Do you yeah, know he? Man. You know he was looking at it, he's flying into that, it and shit. It flew off into the ocean. And he was like, oh. he's like, I look so fucking cool right now. Oh, <laughs> sometimes he like moves his his like shoulders around just with the sun will It'll catch it. Like, oh, yeah. look at that. Oh, that thing. <laughs> do you need a hand? <laughs> so I did. You want a hand? Don't make me say it again, but I will. Um, and yeah, she rips that off and then she gets what I thought was a letter from Grandmaster Orwell. Uh, but it's the page she uh, gets torn then, from the book. I, I can't, I, I remember the scene happening and they showed it in the previously on, but oh, did I, they? I, don't, I really got to start watching this. <laughs> I don't remember like the significance of the page. 
it, they were, it was just Alice. It was, a, that's what's so f- like striking about it is it was, it was a small moment. It's like a, a moment of deep friendship. Like if you mention something offhand and then like nine months later, I buy that for your birthday. Mm-hmm. That's like the moneyest, friendiest thing to do. Uh, they were just studying and Rainier was like, no, let's go play. And mm-hmm. she was like, no, I need to learn this. I'm not like you. And then Rainier already knew it all and recited it to her after, I remember after she ripped out the page. Didn't she say something to her? Like we make our own rules or something when she, I think that was part of the context of that conversation. Yeah. I want to eat cake. But that was when she was still pretending like she didn't know what was in the book, you know? Yeah. Um, anyway, that was a really cool. So basically he's saying Alicent still values your friendship. She loves you. She doesn't want blood to be spilt over this. And Rhaenyra seems to like strongly consider that because she does care about the, the small folk, you know, she, the realm like her father did. And she has a higher mission in her mind as well with the yeah, song she of needs ice and fire. Re- she needs to unite the realm and not. Yes. Yeah. I don't know why I said it like that. Yes. Excellent. Smithers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and then Damon's like, nah, screw all that noise and draws his sword. All of his men draw their swords. So somebody, he says, Eric, bring me a high tower so I can kill him myself, basically, mm-hmm. uh, which pisses Cyrax all the way off. He just knows swords are being drawn. Mm-hmm. Cyrax is like, loud noises. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't like them. And, and dragons are fun. They're really smart creatures. But if you picture them as dogs, <laughs> like that, I, uh, they get really scary, don't they? Yeah. Like, holy shit, my dog. Just does dumb ass shit. But if he was a dragon, I'd be like, no. <laughs> and you see that later with Vagar, actually. Uh-huh. Right. And Eric. No. Yeah. Because um, Dobby won't come in sometimes. He's a beagle. Yeah. Dobby. Yep. Come here. Cyrax does what he wants, <laughs> yeah, man. But if you had a dragon, Cyrax, come here. And he's you just pooped in the house again. This <laughs> is eating your friends. Stop it. Um, anyway, mm. I just picture. <laughs> mm, I'm, wanna. I'm a good boy, though. You're not a good boy. Killed my brother. Um, <laughs> I, do, I had to look at Pippin if he see if he perked up at good boy. Did he? He is out. I'm, he I'm is a, sleeping. I'm a good boy. I'm a, just a dog. Uh, we get another black council meeting and this is where uh, Rainier doesn't want the collateral damage of war. Uh, and that's where that's becoming clear. And uh, she doesn't want to rule over ash and bone. Yeah. Viserys says, or uh, Damon says, that's your father talking. And she's like, yeah, my father who named me the heir. Right. Um, my and, father's dead. She, uh, and then Damon's pretty rude. So she says to clear the room and everyone clears out except Rainey's. He says <laughs> Rainey's the, the enemy has declared war. What are you going to do about it? Right. He's like, basically, he's been trying to like maintain control over every, uh, the second he found out Viserys was dead. He started scheming. You know what I mean? Right. Like, OK, we're going to war. Sweet. I've been bored as shit. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rainey's takes a very long time to clear the room. She wants all that tea. <laughs> she wanted to watch the drama. <laughs> She's just got this big grin on her face walking behind her. Like, oh, oh don't oh, mind shit. me, kids. Don't I'll just be in the corner. Don't mind me. Oh, you wanted me to leave too? Damn. <laughs> Chris was saying as we were watching it that she would bring out the Jason Momoa like. Uh, oh, the chair. The pop-up mm-hmm. chair was like. <laughs> sits down with she popcorn. Was, she was ready for all that drama. Uh, and then in this scene, uh, Rhaenyra says, my oath reaches beyond our personal ambitions. And she's talking about a song of ice and fire. Right. And she assumes that Damon has heard this because at one point he was the heir to the Iron Throne. And only the heir gets to know this is privy to this knowledge. Damon chokes Rhaenyra, grabs her by the throat um, and says, dreams didn't make us kings. Dragons did. He's a very pragmatic person. He's very yeah. self-serving. He says that his brother was a slave to his omens and portents. Yeah. He's like, oh, I don't want to hear this nonsense again. Right. He's, he loses himself completely. Also, he never told me that. And she said he never told you is when she realizes that mm-hmm. and uh, like kind of looks down on him in that moment and pities him instead of being angry. That's how I read that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And this is apparently Steve was looking it up. This was what a lot of people that watched the leaked version of the episode were so upset about. At least what I saw. I saw three. This was Wednesday. I think you're right. I saw this image of him with his hand on her throat a lot. This was, I saw three tweets on Wednesday where people were like, this is so out of character. I can't believe they did this. This is stupid. And in my head, I was like, I don't remember that happening in this week's episode meeting <laughs> right yeah. last week. Cause I didn't know there was a leak. So I was like, and then also I was like, why the fuck would you spoil this shit? It's like five days out from the episode. You yeah, dicks. They are dicks. Uh, but yeah, what did you guys think about this? I thought it was perfectly in his of character. Of course it was in character. I mean, like he bashed he, his last wife's head in with a rock. Why would he not? Now he does love Rhaenyra. He never loved his last wife. Yes. So but I mean, like that's why there, the disparity is so far. Yeah. He's capable of violence towards women that are close to him and, and his loved like, ones in general. And like, yeah. uh, you know, George Martin has said himself about this character. He's not good nor bad. He is a character capable of great good and vile acts. Yeah. Uh, at this end. So that's why he's so interesting. Right. Um, and we've always known that to be true. It makes you absolutely fucking despise him in that moment. And it's, mm -hmm. you know, extremely effective acting and uh, does a, a lot of work towards establishing that Rainier really is the only one in the room with cool head on her shoulders. You know, mm -hmm. Every, everybody else, all the men are like, OK, what the fuck are we going to do? We got, Who are we killing next? And she's like, you know, the only one that's trying to be calm about things. Yes. And uh, he also, I think. And it's, it's sad. not expressed here, except in subtext that he wanted to be the, he wanted it to be him and, you know, his entire life. And that's well and he's so close at now. this moment. Yeah. Well, at the same time, it's the closest he's ever oh, yeah. been. He could strangle her and claim himself right then and there. I and guess. he kind of has like, he's the like King Paramore or whatever it's called. Right. King consort. King, king consort. So he's like almost king, you yeah. know, he's like, um, but I think it's so sad that that element of Rhaenyra not wanting to to harm the realm because, you know, well, I don't want to say that because that's a spoiler because I read the books. But 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 you, I do think it's in, an interesting thing. I don't think it's out of character for him. Uh, it just I think it's a very unpleasant side of him that is coming yeah. out through what kind of like what you guys said. There is there is some jealousy there. There's his own want for ambition. I think there's also a hint of him being upset that his brother didn't tell him this person that he holds dear and he still kind of feels guilty over of leaving him behind and letting him die like that. I, there's a lot in that. Layers. There's a lot of subtext in that scene. Um but, but like, and, and like you said, Andy, like it really kind of in that moment, he's like a complete bastard, which is all the way back to, you know, episode one of the season. It's like, ah, oh, Damon's a bastard, but you kind of like him, mm -hmm. which, which you hate to say it like in this type of I moment, definitely like that's Damon. Why he's like, very entertaining. That's why he's I very like charismatic. This, I, like, I like the show because you got these characters that are villains sometimes, but like all people are villains sometimes, right? Maybe not to this extent for sure, but that's what frustrates me about some detractors saying that there's nobody to like in that show, nobody to root for. That's why I don't like the show. And like, that has always been George Martin's stance is that everybody is capable of vile acts and, and good. Right. And that's why you have Jamie Lannister, the Kingslayer being a hero at times. And you have uh, people like Rob Stark who just like, are just these super noble, perfect humans that, kill thousands of people because they can't keep their dick where it was promised to be. Right. Right. And it's a very selfish thing that Rob Stark did that caused a bunch of stuff. Um, and like you, I love these characters. That's why it's my favorite fantasy series because fantasy has the tendency to be so black and white. And so like the, God, the evil one and the, like the prophesied white boy that's come to kill him <laughs> over and over and over and over. And that's why I love this place so much. And um, I think, it's a truism about life in general that people judge themselves by their intentions and the world judges you by your actions. And so mm -hmm. 
that's why the history books look a certain way. And then you get to see like, oh, it was complicated. And that's why I like this show so much. Yeah. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. The past couple years have been a struggle for many of us. When you're struggling like that, it can be easy to focus on all your problems rather than the ways you can solve them. If this sounds familiar to you, maybe a therapist can change your way of thinking to become a better problem solver. Many of you know that my wife and I recently separated and I've been silently struggling through that for a while. I wanted some help dealing with the problems that situation brought, so I gave BetterHelp a try. It was honestly such an easy experience. I answered a brief questionnaire, said what I was looking for in a therapist, and before I knew it, I was paired up with a therapist of my choosing. Together, we are making goals to help get the tools I need to become a better problem solver. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, I highly recommend BetterHelp. It's easy, accessible, and most of all, affordable. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash streaming things today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash streaming things. And now a word from our sponsor. And this week, it's Wondry. Go deeper into the canals of Numenor, the mines of Khazad-dûm, and more with the official The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power podcast. Host Felicia Day. Felicia Other- Day. Yeah. Otherwise known as nerd royalty. The queen herself. She's from Critical Role. She was in the Guild. Yeah. She was in The Magicians. Dr. Supernatural. Dr. Horrible Singalong. Mm-hmm. Dr. Horrible Singalong. Deep cut for only the coolest of cools. Mm-hmm. Yep, she's the host, but also has special guests to provide an inside look at the groundbreaking series and what it took to bring Middle Earth to life. Each episode is a recipe for strong gravy. That's what Disa would say. She absolutely would. And features exclusive interviews with the series showrunners, J.D. Payne and Patrick McKay, including the very first full breakdown of the incredible season finale. Felicia also goes behind the scenes Mm. with the cast and crew to bring you jaw-dropping stories and Easter eggs you won't want to miss. We're talking Mithril. We're talking Elven lore, Valinor, maybe Numenorian. We don't know how deep they go. Hopefully not too deep. But you can listen listen to it greedily. Yeah, right? please don't delve too deep. So rattle your dags, quick sticks, go <laughs> subscribe to that RSS feed. Do Ab- it now. Absolutely. Watch The Rings of Power on Prime Video and listen to all eight episodes of the official The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power podcast for free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app now. Uh, but we cut to Corlys waking up from his, not coma, but his fever's abated. He's, he's arrived home. Rhaenys is asleep. He tries to jest with her about, ah, I used to whip motherfuckers for falling asleep over here. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and she's like, I'm not amused. You abandoned me. Like mm-hmm. we lost our children and you went for another fucking adventure at sea. Like you always do for six years, which is like, imagine that. Like you're it six years, six years. Yeah. Like you, wow. you have kids, they both die. And like your wife leaves for six years on yeah. like a cruise. Yeah. <laughs> like Jesus. you'd be pissed. Well, know? it's like a there's it's a little bit of a dangerous cruise. Yeah. <laughs> a danger cruise. Yeah. yeah. Danger cruise. You she know. Come, it's she like comes a, back wounded. It's like a laser tag. It's like a carnival cruise. <laughs> <laughs> Those are pretty dangerous. It was a pandemic know. cruise. Have you had the food? Very dangerous. <laughs> um yeah, and uh she was loyal to him. Right. Like she, she held it down. And while he was gone, uh, like there's a scene where, where Rhaenyra asks what she's going to do, like what's house Valarian going to do. And Rainey says, whatever Corliss says we're going to do. 
You know what I mean? Like, even though she's so angry, she's so loyal to him. I love her character. Mm -hmm. She tells him Vaymond is dead. He tries to sit up. He's like, ah, shit, what? Uh, And then he says, heedless ambition has always been a Valarian weakness. You were right. And so he's talking about himself as well. You were right, Rhaenys. Um, He's basically saying, I'm Sisyphus. I flew too close to the sun. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's Sisyphus, right? Or is he the one with the rock? Uh, No, you're thinking of... um Oh shit! What's his oh, name? Yeah, the, the one, the one with the wings. Yeah, it's not Sisyphus. I- Sisyphus. Icarus. Oh, Icarus. Icarus. Sisyphus yeah. is the one with the rock. Yes. Um, and he says, we'll, "We shall declare for no one." And so now he's saying what Rainey has always wanted: "We'll just go home, raise our grandchildren. It's going to be great." And but Rainey says it's too late for that, basically, right? She, and then this is where I said, and I heard Steve say, "I don't, wouldn't call her an ardent supporter." She stands up for Rhaenyra. You know, Corliss says, "Hey, she was complicit in the death of our son," uh, and she's trouble follows her wherever she goes. And she's like, Rhaenyra is the only one holding the realm together right now, uh, alone in a sea of men begging for war. Like not only, and she's the only reason house Valarian pledges to go with Rhaenyra. Uh, that's why I was saying that she used an ardent supporter because in private with her husband, she compliments her and says like, I think she's done a bang up job. And so it recontextualizes all the smirks and looks that she's been giving Rhaenyra throughout this episode. Mm-hmm. It, in, in hindsight, there was a war of admiration, I think. Yeah. But if she was an ardent supporter, she would have just kneeled. I'm, th- I'm thinking mm-hmm. Re- uh, is actually being very, smart like i think she wants to be her supporter but she's also just watching how things play out and has not made her decision up to that point sure until sure. she can talk with she was her, measuring her until she can talk with her husband because she she does want to be like hey yes dude where are we at on this i've been holding it down what are your thoughts we still I got boats that, i mean mm-hmm. do we do boats still like do do she doesn't boats? know i don't know thing? <laughs> you've been gone a while vaymon took care of the boats and he's you know he's not quite himself lately <laughs> <laughs> he's got a Terrible headache, a terrible wound, a terrible wound. Uh, and Lord Corliss arrives at Dragonstone. He gets announced by Eric, who is just so relieved to have something to do in that room. <laughs> that, that, I'm sorry. The blocking that was so funny because Eric's in the middle of the room, like he's at the table and he's the one that announces who's coming into the room. So one of two things either happened, either the Valarians are up there waiting a few minutes as a messenger goes downstairs and whispers to Eric that they're coming. Or Eric is just in that room fucking bullseyeing that door in case <laughs> anybody walks in to go, oh, oh, th- th- them, they're here. <laughs> that guy, that guy, Lord Valerian's here. Ah, I did my job. <laughs> Nailed it. Now, I, I would guess there's like a, <clears throat> excuse me, there's a messenger that like runs when they get into the, like the actual door to the keep itself, runs all the way up there like, hey, they're coming. <laughs> yeah, he's got to be swift. Like a raven or a dragon. That's where Mushroom has been this whole time. Yeah. Well, he was in that one episode, supposedly. I think it was confirmed by the showrunners. I didn't know it was confirmed, but he was the one playing music. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he arrives. He says, where's Damon? Uh, and I like this little moment. Again, I took from this that he was saying, you guys made sure Damon wasn't here for my arrival in case there was any drama. And I'm smirking because I know that's what you did, even though I'm not actually mad. My brother sucked. <laughs> Any who's All right. And then... uh she, he's like basically saying, so where you at? What's up? We got any like uh friends or just mostly enemies or would you, would you guys see you got the table with the chess pieces and shit, got the lights on. That's cool. And she says, uh, well, I hope to get Baratheon and the Starks and blah, blah, blah. And he said, hope is the fool's ally. And they bandy words and it's fucking dude. I love the band. Lovely. Yeah, dude. They go, I forget what, she, I forgot how fire it was, but it was fire. <laughs> Cause she says, uh, they've swore an oath to my house. And he says, so did the high towers. How'd that work out for you? And then she said, as did you. <laughs> 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 and, uh, he's like, true point. And he's like, touche. 
he pledges House Valarian in support of Rhaenyra and, um, and then he reveals some good news. But then she says, thank you to you. And thank you to Rhaenys, who smiles very kindly as well, mm-hmm. uh, but says that she won't be the first to act. And Corliss is like, really? I don't agree. <laughs> Can I change my mind? <laughs> Never mind, Zs. Uh, what do you say about good news? Well, he says like his adventures in the in the stepstones have. Oh yes, he owns Garrison the stepstones yeah. this time. They own the narrow sea now, so they literally can choke uh, King's Landing via sea. Yes, they won't get any supplies and stuff. The stepstones are now back in the hands of um, the House Valarian. And Jace says, well, so they say that we should send messages or I think it was Grandmaster uh, Gerardus or Maester. Is it Grandmaster? We can assume it's actually Grandmaster now. Uh, Gerardus says, hey, I'll send ravens to the Starks, to House Aaron, to Storm's End to uh, see if we can win them to your cause. And Jace speaks up and says we should carry those messages personally. Dragons are more convincing and faster than ravens. Right. And then I think it's Corliss that says "Uh, it's, uh, it's a good idea. Young prince. Word. (laughs) And so uh, Rhaenyra uh, relents. She says, I will send uh, Jace to House Arend, the Eyrie, and then to Winterfell to to treat with House Stark. And then I'm going to send Luke's to Storm's End. And it's so tragic because she believes Storm's End to be the safer option because it's a shorter flight. He's actually got Baratheon blood in him. Mm -hmm. She's like, he'll be there and back Mm -hmm. in a day. My little boy gonna be good. He's gonna be good. Gonna but be it's good. really cold in Winterfell. The Eerie's very high up. Jane's a little iffy. I'm gonna send uh, Jace there. Well, he's also got the bigger dragon, so it could make that that distance. That's in the book, well. isn't it? Yeah. In the book, they they mentioned that the bigger dragon has to go on the longer flight. That's right. That's right. But, but it is also the safer one, and that's part of the reason. Why. Yeah. Yeah. That's why it's so they, sad. They just assume that the Brathians are just like, oh yeah, dope. Yeah, cool. Oh, I've been waiting. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't need to send anybody. I've been, I see the banners out there. I put, I put little dragons on my stag. What if they're like, you could have just sent a raven. I don't, yeah, for real. <laughs> they're like, oh, we thought these were more convincing. That's the Westerosi version of someone who calls instead of texts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Andy, we send in ravens all day. <laughs> Rhaenyra and uh, her sons is the next scene. She makes them promise not to fight and swear on the seven pointed star, which I believe is the name of the Bible in that world. If I recall, um, and yeah, and they fly off the uh, good book is what they call it. They call it the good book. The good book. Uh, Damon goes to lure and master Vermithor and presumably, um, uh, fuck what's Alison's dragon's name? Silverwing. Um, and that's a really cool scene where you kind of like coolest shots ever, ever. In Ever. all of Game of Thrones history. Because oh, there's all of film and TV history. <laughs> there you go. Fucking insane. I love it. It's so dope. Uh, and because there's this moment where I thought, because he's he's singing in Valyria and he lays down the torch. I thought that the outline of Vermithor was smoke. Like it was so subtle mm-hmm. until it blew fire and illuminated itself. And I got goosebumps thinking about it during the moment. I don't even want to tell you what happened to my body. It was incredible. I looked at Andy like, dude, that was, that was dope. It was insane. It was gorgeous. Stunning. Anyway, you guys have anything else to say about Vermithor? It looked beautiful. It looked beautiful, baby. It was incredible. Beautiful baby dragon. And fucking uh, Damon has some pipes. He does. 
All we can sing. Singing some good Valyrian. Uh, we cut to Storm's End, Steve. Oh, we finally get to see it. I know you were excited, my guy. It's like one of the only, it's like it was one of the last like major castles in Westeros that we have not seen. Yeah. And they gave, gave us such a cock tease a couple episodes ago when we got to see the inside of it. Yeah. But then we don't get to see the exterior. No establishing shot. And so it so turns out it's like the Florence Y'all water tower just poked <laughs> up on a hill with a bunch of waves around it. Well, it's pretty accurate because it is supposed to be just a big cylindrical castle that's pretty narrow because it's it's the it's the castle that survives the storm right no other castle could survive the storms that ravage storms in but the through this uh, uh engineering and architecture it does but yeah storms in was beautiful very stormy i didn't see that coming no it definitely lived up to its name that's for sure so stormy how mm-hmm. do they go crops there i don't know man it's too wet i wouldn't move there during the courting tour, they got some good weather because I don't remember it raining that, the, no, it, that scene. The only rain they had was Rhaenyra. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Luke, I, I liked Luke writing. Um, was it Vermax? Arax. Arax. That's yes. right. Luke writing Arax looks so real, like an uncomfortable because he's really young and he was just kind of like, eh, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Do um, the thing. I don't like it. Uh, yeah. Ah, going too fast. Like I, I just got that vibe and I thought that was, yeah. it made me like, Feel You're exhilarated. 15 practicing for your temps. Like, <laughs> yeah, holy shit. I don't Get, know how to parallel this park this him, dragon. Him getting on the interstate for the first time. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? Um, and he sees that Vagar is there, which means that, that aim and Vagar is oh so massive God, and yeah. just like, <laughs> like, it was like, I expected John Williams score from Jurassic Park to kick in. Da, da, da. <laughs> Not the happy one. Da, da, da. <laughs> na, na, na. <laughs> like Laura Dern just stood up in armor and was like, wow. Oh, dude, don't give me things I want. <laughs> Laura Dern in the show with a suit of armor. Oh, yeah. It does sound. You remember that song from the Oscar ceremony that was just like, Laura Dern. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. She's the best. Uh, but yeah, Vagar's there. Eamon's there. And Luke's like, oh, shit, this is going to suck. But he goes in anyway. He wants to do his duty. Um, Eamon turns as soon as he walks into the hall, just as thunder strikes and he sees eye patch and looking, shit. Looking He's like got that dope fucking jacket. He just looks like the best anime villain you've ever he seen. He does. Dude. And Lord Boros is a dick. He won't even get up out of his chair. He's like, <laughs> what's up, little dork? <laughs> Luke's like, uh, I have a message from the queen. Hey, nerd. Oh, it's weird. I just had an envoy from the king. Is it king or queen? The dragon house is all bullshit, I guess. Yeah, the house of the dragon does not seem to know who rules it. No, it, it does not. He's got a point there. He's offering me uh, brides and betrothals. What do you got? What you got? I can't read. Maybe you can offer me yeah. uh, <laughs> a tutor. He's, he receives the message. He's like, where's the bloody maester? Turns out he can't read. Uh, and, uh, he says, apparently the, the letter says that it's, that it's, he's being sent to remind him of his oath. He doesn't, he takes umbrage with that. He says, remind me of mine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> remind. He turns into Gimli. Uh, and he basically says, oh, at least they brought shit. Like he's offered me betrothals. Uh, which of my daughters are you going to wed? And he looks over at his daughters and says, well, I, I'm not eligible to marry any of them. I'm already betrothed. And he says, so you bring nothing. Uh, tell your mother, the Lord of Storms in is not a dog. She can whistle up whenever she needs to or something like that. Um, and then he starts to leave, but Amond calls him back. Amond takes off his patch and looks dope. I got to be honest. He's got that that blue the blue eyeball. Mm-hmm. Sapphire eye. Mm-hmm. The sapphire eye. And if you eye. look in the show intro, his uh, little sigil in the show intro is a sapphire. A ah, sapphire. nice touch. Very cool. Helena's uh, sigil is a spider. 
And uh, I think Aegon's is like a dildo crown. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a dick and balls. Yeah. No, I think I think it's a, a dragon egg and a crown, maybe. I huh. think I, I might be remembering that wrong. Yeah, he demands that um, Luke puts out his own eye. And he's like, um, I decline. And Boros is, or no, and uh, Eamon says, well, then you're a craven then as well as a traitor. And it's like, really? <laughs> No one would do that, bro. Like not even a brave. And why? Like that's a bitch move. No. Oh, okay. Don't hurt me. Ah. Um, and then Boros stands up, says not in my hall. He doesn't want to be no matter what happens. He came as an envoy. Yeah. We're not going to so kill people we treat in our own halls. He's got that going for him at least. Cause that's, um, that kind of falls under the rule that the phrase broke in the original game of Thrones. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He didn't break bread with them, but yeah, it's no still salt and bread, man. It's very frowned upon. Um, outside Luke runs, basically, he basically flees. Let's be honest. It's pouring down raining at this point. He tries to calm RX. Uh, the storm is going like crazy. He flies off finally. Uh, and then we see him flying alone, but uneasy looking around a bunch. And we see this giant shadow of Vagar flying above oh, fuck, like man. 30 times the size. So much more. bigger. It's like, like. RX is is toothless from How to Train Your Dragon. And then like that big monster they fight at the end of the first movie is Vagar. That's the size difference. And like RX is basically the size of his head. Yeah, seriously, Vagar is a naval battle like helicarrier and RX is a dinghy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you ever seen um, Dunkirk? I have seen Dunkirk. Yeah, he's one of those. He's a dinghy. Like the, the, the <laughs> <laughs> just in case anybody doesn't know what a dinghy Remember is. The that, dinghy from Dunkirk. <laughs> that was my idea. That's what he looks. <laughs> That's a solid point of reference. Remember that specific dinghy from Dunkirk? <laughs> yeah, baby. Everyone knows the dinghy from Dunkirk. <laughs> And, uh, you know, they, they go on a, a merry chase, except without the merry and Mary. I thought this was very interesting. This is going to anger some people. I loved it. The whole idea that, that, you know, Amond was going to bully him. He's going to hurt him for sure. He would never in a thousand years have thought to kill him. And that, that Luke was going to hide and been fucking Eric's for some reason, lost his mind and blew a bunch of fire at a dragon. He's, he's like, ah, yeah. <laughs> fucking mountains coming after me. Yeah. So he blows fire in his face. And once he does that, Amon loses control of Vagar and uh Vagar of his own accord chomps of her own accord. Of her own accord. She's a she dragon. So. Correct. I keep having this argument with people online. I guess I'm in the wrong because dragons don't have gender. Well, they're called oh. she dragons in the book. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> they they call Vagar a girl dragon in the book, but they also say that some some maesters say that a dragon can switch sexes. And they can. Yeah. Th- this is bullshit. Says the guy that's writing it. But yeah. So that's what, what I'm a little wild move. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> no. No, <laughs> that's all I have. That's my rebuttal. No. <laughs> so she takes it upon herself to, to snap Rx in half. And it doesn't really care that. I don't know if that's snapping in half. Pieces. Uh, Dude, <laughs> yeah. not, not an even half, just chomp down. Dude, eight, like three quarters Chunks. of her. And then just like some wing pieces fell. It, it's crazy. Yeah. And Eamon looks down like, oh shit. Shit. I think I just started a war. Mom. Uh, I think I started a war. Um, <laughs> this is on me. Remember, I was just going to take his eyeball. It yeah, wasn't even a big real. deal. And I mean, I knew he wasn't going to really do it. And I was just going to spook him a little bit. Yeah. Like, you know, like, who you, among us has not flown our dragons at one another? 
and jest. How, how terrifying is that? Like at one moment you're flying high in the clouds, it's a beautiful sight, and the next moment you're just gone. It's so cool because well, honestly, like, I think flying he had a, all the storm, and then they get above the storm. Yeah, they get above the storm. So beautiful, and because honestly, here was my thought. I got to be honest. The camera's not on. I got to be honest. Your camera's on. Oh, hi. Uh, oh, nope, yours froze too. Ah! <laughs> am I the last one left yes, standing? Sir. I am the king of YouTube. Uh, I really felt like the showrunners had fabricated the storm. Oh, it's like, oh, it storms in. It'll be so much easier for CG, right? Uh, and that was all intentional to make it kind of visually muddied so it'd be a little cheaper, or at least look a little better. Oh, in the book, they say that it was stormy. Otherwise, uh, Luke could have outrun him because his dragon was faster than Vagar's. Oh, unfortunate. But the mm. storm was like hammering his ability to fly. Mm. Yeah. Hampering. And hammering. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, and then they flew above it and I was like, no shit. Um, but yeah, that's very, very sad. At least it was probably a painless death unless he's just in his mouth, like ah! <laughs> melting into saliva. Yeah. Let's choose not to believe that. Yeah. And we're going to land and just wait for Vagar to pass a movement. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, by the way, Amond was speaking Valyrian as well, which I should have known, but I didn't expect that for some reason. I thought he'd be like a, Further from his heritage or whatever. Oh no, Eamon's all about that heritage. That's he's, true. He's the one who takes it very seriously. He does right. say some stuff in English though. He's like, no, 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 Vagar, no. Heed and me or something. Yeah. Agar's the one who'd be like, sit. Mm-hmm. Aegon? Sit. Who'd I say? Agar. Oh, he made sorry. something yeah, up. Aegon, sit. <laughs> Sunfire, stop it. <laughs> stop it. No. That's why I don't ride you. He's not listening. <laughs> uh, and then the final scene of the episode, Damon is bringing the news to Rhaenyra as she runs the Black Council uh, that her son has been killed and he pulls her away privately. We just see their backs and there's like a hearth fire and then like a little stumble. Oh, it's so, as you, so beautifully oh, done. Oh, God. As she, and then she turns uh, to the camera and you see rage. the rage in her face. And I... <laughs> I cannot express, I'm a, I'm a verbose gentleman, right? I cannot express adequately how much I love this show and all the tiny moments. Like the, the fact that Eamon didn't murder Luke intentionally. It was like losing control of his dragon while he was being a dick. Like that's the kind of like, have you ever been in a situation in your life? I have where oh, yeah. things get out of your control. You were just trying to be a little dick and now you're in major trouble. Sure. Like mm-hmm. one time we vandalized a whole suburb and uh, threw eggs at a bunch of houses and stuff. And I didn't, I knew it was wrong, but I was just like, oh, I'm so in wild oats, you know? And then <laughs> fast forward. What? what were you doing with those eggs? <laughs> what type of eggs are we throwing? <laughs> so in your wild oats, huh? <laughs> you know, and you're out fucking your friends. <laughs> All right. Down. <laughs> much much like that this metaphor sometimes life gets away from you <laughs> vandalizing that ass <laughs> well i lost the plot on that one but i was just gonna say i can distinctly remember standing with the police on somebody's front lawn the next morning calling my mommy you know, and just being like, damn, what did I do? You know, um, how did I let things get this far? <laughs> Cause she was so sweet when I called her like, Hey honey, Hey, don't you have fun? You want to stay another night? You know? And I was like, no, don't be cool. <laughs> Bad news. I was so wild out. What? Yeah. We were egging a house. Oh, oh, okay. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you don't understand what that means, do you? I don't think so, Mom. Anyway, God, I misspoke. 
But yes, I just I love the like the truth of the the bias, the truth of this show versus the bias of the book uh, is how I view it. And I, I really, really dig it. And it's so sad that she wanted to keep the realm together. She was the last thing she wanted to do was start a war. She was taking every pain to not do that. And now all bets are off because she killed her, you know, her son's dead. And that was like her baby boy too. the mm. word. Well, nobody's seen Joffrey in a while. Yeah. Joffrey <laughs> was in this episode. Was he? Yeah. And she also at this point, he flew flew a tiny dragon to like the other Dragonstone Island. Like they gave him a fake job. (laughs) Okay, mommy. I want to help. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Pippin the Joffrey. (laughs) Uh, She also has two children by uh, Damon at this point. Aegon the Younger and Viserys. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. All right. That brings us to our dragon egg segment. I stole a couple of both of yours while I was talking accidentally. Steve, lay them on me, baby. Uh, okay, so really the only dragon eggs that I have was I kind of thought it would be good to kind of break down and go through the dragons in this world and who rides what and where they are. Um, so I wrote down all the dragons. So on the green side, we have Sunfire, who is Aegon's. Vagar, Aemon's, obviously. There's Dreamfire, Helena's. Dreamfire is the one. Uh, you remember when Aegon went into the dragon pit originally and there was a dragon in there that blew fire? Mm-hmm. That's Dreamfire. Uh, uh, that was Aemon. Did I say Aemon? You said Aegon. It doesn't matter. I just make sure. Whatever. They're all, we're the, clarifying. all the same fucking names. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Very similar letters. Uh, there's also Tessarian, the blue queen, the blue queen, uh, who is written by Dayron. That is a character that has not appeared yet, but they has he, to exist. He is the youngest of the, the four children, um, of, uh, Alicent. Uh, but he's, he's, he's often, um, old town squiring, I think at this point in the story. Uh, there's also so in his wild oats. So in his wild oats. <laughs> there's also Morgul and, Shrikos, I think is how you pronounce that. Uh, that is Jahara and Jaharis's dragon. They are very, very tiny baby dragons that are practically useless. They are the dragons of uh, Helena's kids. Um, now, on the black side, we have Cyrax, obviously Rhaenyra's, Meles, Rhaenys's, Caraxes, the big red doodly boy. Mm-hmm. That's Damon's. Vermax is Jaharis. Arax, R.I.P., was Lucerus's, R.I.P. Taraxes is, we were, we, at first when we were watching this, we, we thought Luke rode Taraxes. No, that is Joffrey's dragon. Taraxes is ah. Joffrey's dragon. Moon Dancer is ridden by Bela. Stormcloud uh, is, betro- well, and then, then there's, uh, Stormcloud is the dragon that is kind of, I don't know, betrothed to Aegon the Younger. I don't know what you call that when um, bonded with. Yeah, promised to. Yeah, so Stormcloud, another baby tiny dragon, promised to Aegon the Younger. Uh, and then there's also Sea Smoke, who was uh, ridden by Lenor, but Lenor is gone. And so we don't know what does that mean? Because in the lore. It's riderless. In the, wow, yeah. Yeah, in the lore, dragons have that psychic bond with their riders. So it's often like, well, what's what's going to happen with Sea Smoke? Because if Lenor's still out there, Sea uh, Smoke in theory, according to the books, isn't going to just let anyone else ride them. Well, my head canon is that sea smoke is kind of dumb when it comes to dragons. <laughs> and so they just told him he was dead and he was like, for real? Dang, oh, that was my homie. Oh, super sad. I'm going to miss Larry. And they're like, it was Lenor. And he's like, ah, oh, whatever. 
I actually have a very bold prediction for what's going to happen to Sea Smoke, but I can't really get into it because it gets into spoilery territory. Tell me off air. I'll tell. Maybe in the mailbag episode we can do like a special section that's like spoiler for the books. So super we can get spoiler super section. Yeah, like if you don't want to know anything about the books, turn off now because we're going to get into it. But that'll be possibly next week. Uh, and then the other dragons that are out and about in the world that uh, could be claimed by one side or the other, we have uh, Sheep Stealer, Vermithor. Silverwing, the cannibal, and Grey Ghost is also out and about in the world. And some of those Sheep Stealer's a beast. Sheep Stealer's a beast. Vermithor is a beast as well. So yeah. Silverwing. The cannibal is a nasty motherfucker. Yeah, he eats uh, other dragons. Hence yeah. the name. Yeah, he's he, you do not want to mess with uh, the cannibal. <laughs> and how they find writers is super cool. Uh Andy. You, is that all your egg, eggs? Yeah, that's all I had. Andy, do you have any dragon eggs? Uh, well, we already said it, but uh, the war table is Stas Parathian's fuck pad. Mm. So uh, that, mm. that, that was in there. And so I just had to say the words. Uh, but yeah, the meeting <laughs> on the bridge was a big one for me uh, because it, it recreates the sequence that we had before. Uh, even literally with, uh, for a moment, Rhaenyra being standing with Otto yeah. facing Damon uh, and, you know, guards on either side. And uh then she walks past everybody like a fucking boss and goes and stands with Damon. It was a really cool mirror of that sequence. And then uh, even there was uh Caraxes was in that sequence, right? Like when they're meeting on that bridge and doesn't Caraxes fly over. Yeah. So yes. So yeah. And this was Caraxes in this scene. Not no. in this scene. Oh, he was okay. in the, the original, original scene, in the original one with where, Cyrax, he, yeah. where he has the egg. Um, and then Cyrax was in this scene and mm-hmm. the new one. Uh, so I, I thought the way they mirrored that was beautiful. Um, and should have gotten to Caraxes. Yes. As much nearly boy as possible. Yeah, give him, give him all the screen time. And there, there was one that you said, uh, we started to allude to earlier, which was uh, when Damon uh, is it, just like a slight change from the books in, uh, in the book, when Damon uh, crowns Rhaenyra, uh, you know, he names her, uh, lady protector of the realm. I, I'm not sure what the, he says the whole styling, but he, 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 I, in I actually, the book, he withheld a piece he of with, it. He withheld just protect the realm. He names himself protector of the realm. And then she is, you know, the queen of the Andals and the first man and, and the Reiner. That. Uh, so that, that was an interesting change uh, because they, the way that they portray him is how the, uh, the, the assumption of, uh, what what he believes that title holds the way he acts in this throughout this episode by being the one that does all the war planning and stuff he's acting like the protector of the realm and stuff and i thought that was pretty solid do you have any uh just one small one that just to make sure that's clear that everybody understands and knows how neat it is um that the crowns that they're wearing is um like the the crown that Rhaenyra wears is the one that Viserys wore. That's the one that Jaehaerys wore. The conciliator. The conciliator, like the the gold filigree one. Whereas the 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 uglier crown that Aegon the Second is wearing is the crown that Aegon the Conqueror wore. It's the one that Aenys and uh, Magor wore. You know, it was Jaehaerys kind of invented the nicer looking crown to kind of fit in more. Uh, and so Aegon the Second has the the Conqueror's crown, the crown for war. And, uh, yeah, they mentioned Jaehaerys briefly, which is one of my favorite Targaryen kings um, and a bunch of houses and stuff that I won't get into. So let's get into our Valyrian Steel segment, our top three favorite moments of the episode. Steve, what is your number three? Uh, 
Uh, my number three scene is when Eric brings back Viserys' crown to everybody. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up. I love that scene. Uh, this whole episode, I, especially in the first half of it, is really, really amazing in terms of like kind of setting this foreboding, like, oh, things aren't good. There's just this vibe, and that's so great. And I, and we go through this awful, you know, birthing scene. Everything's rough. And the, the first ray of hope this episode really has is when Eric comes with that crown because it shows like, oh, we have allies from the other side because he defects to them and also he's bringing Viserys's crown symbol. which is a huge symbol of you know this is you know our lineage this is our my, my brother this is my 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 dad and you get to see what this symbol means to both Damon and Rhaenyra and just seeing Rhaenyra get that crown and then Damon actually like kneels to her like that was a really big deal and then fine it, it, it caps off with everyone kneeling to her except for Rhaenys which adds just that little twinge of like ooh intrigue and the score like the violins yeah it was it was it was killing me not to put this on my Valyrian steels the, the score has been great throughout this whole show but I feel like this episode was probably the best I think what it had like overall the best score I think would you say it's better than Bear McCreary's yeah, 100%. Too. I'm just kidding. Yeah. I know you hated that score. <laughs> Andy, what is your number three? Uh, my number three is the uh, meeting on the bridge uh, with uh, Rhaenyra, uh, Damon, and Otto. Uh, just the, the boss move of uh, Rhaenyra landing behind the people that are there to usurp her and walking through them like they're nothing, going to stand next to her husband and be like, nah, I'm the queen. Uh, I thought that... Uh, and that little smile that Damon has, like, ah... I love when you fly in mm -hmm. and uh, <laughs> Otto is crushing it in, in the sequence. Yes. And, uh, it, it, I, I love practice like, this in the mirror a very long time. <laughs> I love like, uh, how Eamon tries to like force, uh, uh, Eric with an E to, uh, take Otto. And like, you keep seeing Eric and Arik like glancing at each other, uh, throughout this sequence. And like Arik with an A is like, got like starting to draw his sword and stuff like re ready to attack. And, uh, it, it's really, really cool. Um, yeah, great sequence. Awesome sequence as well. My number three is the stumble. Uh, when, when Damon, Oh my God. So good. Tells Rhaenyra at the end. Um, I, I originally had this as my number one. I've, I've moved these three around multiple times before we started. So they're just solidified now just because I had to stop. Uh, but this is my number three. I just, it was such a, a power, like you don't even see her face and you can tell what's being, we don't hear a word of dialogue and it, it is destruction of your soul knowing what she's being told. And you can see the precise moment that she's told it uh, just because of Emma Darcy's, you know, body language They're They're just such an incredible actor. Um, I can't stand it. Yeah. That's my number three, Steve, you're number two. My number two is, uh, it's, it's just basically, it's just a shot really. And it's just the shot of Vagar in the storm. Like right when Luke lands in the courtyard of storm ends yeah. and he's walking up and you see like the lightning in the background and it, it makes the silhouette of Vagar <laughs> and Vagar. She just kind of like slowly looms around oh, crusty, ugly ass bitch this, looms up. Yeah. This <laughs> action ass dragon with IBS kind of, <laughs> did you hear that story? No. So the, I, I, I read this story. I think it might've been Joanna Robinson that was talking about it, but they, they were interviewing the sound engineers for hot D and the, they said originally like the, the sound engineers were trying to come up with unique sounds for all the dragons, you know, cause they all have their own individual personalities and like, okay, Vagar, she's really, really fucking ancient. She's really fucking old. What do old people have? IBS. So, <laughs> so when they, did, when the engine sound engineers did their first path, pass through of all the dragon noises, Vagar had farty noises because she was, <laughs> Oh, I did 
hear that. She had flatulence, and <laughs> which I think is so funny because it's like that's actually really, really well thought out. Probably very real to life, but I don't want to see or hear more <laughs> Big, a dra- giant dragon, dragon farts. Would have made her far less terrifying. Can you imagine, like when it like bit, like it, like it like chomped Luke and Arax. You just hear like. <laughs> Dude, I want the fan Safety. edit of this. It'd be fucking amazing. Steve, make it. Go viral, baby. Andy, what's your number two? Uh, let's see here. My number two is uh, that shot of Damon in the dragging pit uh, going through and singing uh, to, we're not sure yet, we're pretty sure it's a little dragon pit. And like Chris said, like there's this incredible shot with Eamon real small in the very bottom of the frame, or Damon very small in the bottom of the frame and just black in front of him. And it seems like there's smoke or something there. And then um, whatever, whichever dragon that is starts spitting fire all up in the air and around him and stuff. It's uh, the most gorgeous shot I've seen in fucking years. It was incredible. It's my number two as well. It was a stunning shot. Stunning shot. Steve, your number one moment. My numero uno is the Corliss Valerian versus Rhaenyra word battle uh, in the, at the painted table. I don't know. Like that, like that was, you know, that was like the most game of Thrones. Like uh, we got so like, we were all like jumping up and down about, Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. She's smacking you down. Corliss. (laughs) What are you going to say to that? And I just love, uh, Steve Toussaint's portrayal of, um, Corliss Valerian, he has like such regality to him. And I think he, like in the books that that character is supposed to be like 76, at the time of the story, like he's supposed to be fucking old. And like, I just love how he's the most battle experienced world experienced person in that easily. room easily. That dude's been to ET, right? Mm-hmm. Which is a real life, home, which is a real place in this world. Um, it is, but like the golden empire, just seeing him kind of get batted down by Rhaenyra at his own game and then he's just kind of like well played my lady mm-hmm. here are my ships like oh it was, it was, a, it was a feel-good moment yeah feel-good moment i liked it andy your number one moment of the finale my number one moment has to be uh the chase sequence between uh luke and aemon erickson vagar vagar uh especially that shot with uh vagar looming large in the clouds above <sighs> what do you fucking do dude <laughs> dude like holy shit the uh intense like disparity between like what what they're working with in this situation is fucking unreal and that shot encapsulates it fucking perfectly and like the whole sequence is great like Eamon is a fucking prick and he's like laughing and shit while he's chasing around like the way this scene played out was so much different than what I had thought that it was going to be when we were going into it I expected this straightforward uh, direct interpretation of what the books gave us I thought it was just going to be Luke's trying to get away he can't get away fast enough and you know it it is what it is but instead we got this like you know kind of toying with it's his nephew and like that he does hate in a lot of ways but is not he's not intending to really do the damage that he ultimately does and the way that it it lends it, it makes so much more sense for them to like not always have complete control over these ancient mystical beasts and uh for it to play out the way that it did is fucking genius and it makes sense why that would it would be uh interpreted differently by the maesters that wrote the histories and stuff it would 100 percent be luke tried to leave Eamon chased him and killed him with the bigger dragon um because how could they know that he didn't quite have control of the dragon at that moment how could he know that Eamon like was 
bereft for a split second. Like, Oh my fucking God, I just killed my nephew that yo. Uh, yeah, the sequence was incredible. And then it leads into that moment, uh, where we get the silent, uh, reveal to Rhaenyra that she just lost her son and the beautiful back shot portrayal that we get from that. Yeah. So good. Uh, I think they found out that that happened. (laughs) Like, did Eamon go back to the Baratheon Storm's End? Was I like, expect this, dude. I fucked up. Yeah, I fucked up. I would say Storm's End. It was like their duty to, you know, to relay that information or so. Or even if he went back and told Alicent, and like somebody's gonna have to tell her, right? He didn't. He didn't return. Um, uh, my number one moment is actually the the moment between uh, Rhaenys and Corlys, where she stuck up for Rhaenyra. Ooh, good one. I was. So I can't explain it. I mean, I was so hyped for that moment because I didn't, I didn't see it coming. I knew that they weren't obviously going to go home and just raise the grandchildren, but I didn't see that Rainies would come so staunchly to the defense of Rhaenyra. Uh, and then the way that they cut to her talking at the black council while she said like, she's the only one trying to hold the realm together. And at first I kind of cocked my head, like, what do you mean? Um, and then I understood, you know, what she meant by that and, and what was going on. Cause everybody else just wants war, 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 war. Um, that's cool. And in that shot, I think they cut to Rhaenyra at the table and she's not talking. She's just kind of sitting there thinking and there's groups of men. And they're all, all like, I like, blah, blah, blah. yeah, yeah. yeah hundred percent. And that, that was all. It's like everybody just talking around and none of their opinions matter. Um, but anywho, well, that's my number one that, that finishes off our Valyrian steals. Our final segment is the Mummer's Dragon, the, the MVP of the finale of House of the Dragon. My answer is very predictable. Steve, who are you giving the, the streamy to the Mummer's Dragon Award? Uh, this is a hard one for me. Um, but I, and I'm going to, I'm going to say some, something, it might be incredibly controversial, but I'm going to say it because you know. Um, it's my, it's my show. Damn it. I can say what I want. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm giving it to Matt Smith. Uh, just cause there was, I think of all the characters in the show in this episode in particular, his performance was the one that had the, the most depth layers, controversial stances on least amount of dialogue, least amount of dialogue. And he's like, literally like from every, and you mentioned it before when, when Rainey's comes in and she just says, Hey, Viserys is dead. Just watching Matt Smith in the background is like, he's doing a lot with a very little. And then just the way like anger roils up within him. And then like, you see the vulnerability come out and then the anger just flares up even more. Um, he is just, uh, I mean, all season he's been this, this this uh subtle casual just stealer of scenes right and i don't think i've given it to him this season yet and that's not a reason to just give it to him now i just i really was impressed with just how much subtext was and literally was dripping in every little lean of this guy you know <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely i agree andy um I'm, i have to give it to emma darcy um they had to do so many disparate extremes throughout this episode we have like the uh fear we have the loving mother um and like the the little triple kiss was just a chef's kiss moment for me um the uh the childbirth sequences or the stillbirth and uh you know the uh inner turmoil when she discovers that her father died and the uh and that she's queen and that her birthright is has been stolen from her all of the like internal struggle that uh emma portrays in those moments or physical struggle in the uh stillbirth sequence uh sense uh it, it's all conveyed so realistically uh 
and yet she they uh, still maintain the grace of the character uh, of Rhaenyra uh, because Rhaenyra does still, uh, despite all of these things, still have like this uh, sense of duty. And um, even, for example, when uh, Rhaenyra has to call her sons to impart the news of what's going on, literally while she is giving birth is it's crazy. And, uh, the performance, uh, that Emma gives is, uh, absolutely fucking phenomenal for that, but especially for the performance that we didn't get to see with, uh, Rhaenyra walking towards the hearth and, uh, being told the news that she lost her, uh, younger son and, uh, the little stumble and the look of like, severe loss and rage that we get that is the final shot of the season. It's fucking unreal. Ha- has to go to Emma. I agree. I'm going to give it to, to Emma Darcy. They are uh, uh, tour de force throughout this whole season, but specifically, I just wanted to cap the finale. Steve, uh, I have to tell you, you've now also have frozen all three of us. Frozen boys. <laughs> yeah. Together, together in unity with frozen boys. <laughs> Uh, well, that caps off the finale coverage. Don't forget that you can subscribe to our Patreon at any time at patreon.com slash streaming things and get a bunch of extra episodes and content from us there. Or just support the show. You can support us for free anytime by rating and reviewing the show wherever you're listening to this. We also have a YouTube, YouTube. where we're sometimes not frozen. You can follow us on Twitter <laughs> at StreamThingPod. And you can also email the show at StreamingThingsPod at gmail.com. Look forward to our mailbag coverage. Email of, us before Friday. Yes. Uh, the House of the Dragon. Uh, that's all the time we have for right now my name is chris i'm andy and i'm steve and this is streaming things first of its name it's time for the new patron shout outs thank you all well, guys, I've got great news for you. We have new patrons to thank. Yes. Well, let's give a shout out to the people who joined up and became members of the Streaming Things family this month. First, in the Try Before You Deny uh, section, we have Stanton and Valerie. Stanton and Valerie, man. Thank you so much. And never forget, <laughs> just try before you deny, man. Our new Marty B VIP producers include Ryan Bigger, Maggie, HHS Teacher, Mm-hmm. Hailey B, Abby Vollmer, Florida Josh, Christopher Corelli, and Alex. Florida Josh, are you the man that all those articles have been written about? Next up, we have our chocolate pudding producers. We have Tile, Jillian Sloan, Alex Lembeck, Jennifer Lynn Isvan, Lauren Hartzier, Morgan Quimby, Ryan J. Poole, Misa McDaniel. <laughs> Is that like a Jar Jar, Jar, Jar Binks thing? Yeah. Misa know. McDaniel. Misa uh, give you some. Bongo. <laughs> the planet core. Uh, Erica Swanson, Courtney Kilpack, Michelle, Katie, Joe Velez, Barry, Jenna, Melanie Bordelone, Alicia Martinez, Isis, Amy S., and Jennifer Hardy. <laughs> It's not that ISIS. <laughs> we also have some Friends Don't Lie producers that joined this month. That is Claire Cumming Herrero and Jenna. And then we cannot forget the people who upgraded the Patreon. So Can't. these are these are people who were at lower tiers and decided, hey, you know what? 
I'm going to go. I'm going to shoot for the distance. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to go make higher. Rain. I'm going for speed. Yeah. They got one of those little guns that shoot dollar bills and they just like mm-hmm. shot it right all over us. Mm-hmm. Uh, first up upgrading to the tribe before you deny tier. We have uh, upgrading to the Marty B VIP section. Cause they knew it was so cool. There's a Nina in there. We've got Maria, Ali, Awald, Rachel Malloy and Tony dare. I Tony dare you guys to upgrade further. Well, <laughs> well, one person took you up on that. They upgraded to the chocolate pudding tier, and that is Jenna. Jenna, welcome oh, and Jenna. Thank, you. thank you. You have found the chocolate pudding. Much uh, and keep it going, man. Just keep it, stay in the family. We need you here. 